She's coming now. You need to come. You, you have to share this. This is not, go for it. Get in there. I'll share this and then I'll step out. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you say. Oh, She's still beautiful. I'll put, I'll, I don't need just, that. No, okay. No, just right there. So as we were in prayer, um, as I was kneeling by my husband, what came to me is that as he was addressing the church, all I heard in my spirit is that there is a shakening that's going to happen in the church that is so strong. And this is for the body at large. That is so strong that only those that have their eyes fixed on Jesus will stand. And But it's necessary to happen. The shakening that's getting ready to take place is necessary because the Lord needs his bride to be focused. So keep your eyes focused. And I saw literally um, our feet being planted in firm foundation, like, you know, concrete when it's settling and it's, and it's wet and it dries and our feet are like solid in him. And we were focused on him and I saw our eyes fixed on him. And that's the posture he wants his church firm and grounded on him, fixed on him, not looking to the right or the left because what's getting ready to unfold and take place is beyond what we can think or imagine. And we have to be fixed on him. We have to be so just devoted and just focused on him, which is why he's trying to address his bride and get you refocused. That is not about ministry. It's not about all these other things. It's about him. And that's why he wants us to return to our first love, which is him. Nothing else can get in the way. So that's what I felt. I'm not going to add more or take away. That's exactly what I heard in my spirit. So stay focused on him. That's why he's redirecting us to be so caught up in his presence and seeking his face. Because there's more that he's going to pour out for the end time. Because we are living in those times now, presently. So be encouraged. You guys heard that, right? But that's exactly what I felt in my spirit as well. And I'm telling you, there is a great shaking. And whatever can be shaken will be shaken so that what remains is his kingdom. I want to show you something. It's a scripture. Let's see if I can find it. I know this is super informal, but you know how it is when God really starts moving the, you know, there's all this crazy stuff that tries to shut us down, but it's whatever. If you can, guys, can you like the stream? That would mean a lot to us. 
Um, you heard what she said. This is the scripture that came to my heart as we were, as we were praying. If my app can work properly. Wow. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 through 28. See to see that you do not refuse him who speaks. Do not refuse him. There's a warning here because the warning, the warning is that you can refuse him. You can harden your heart. So he says, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. Don't refuse. For if they did not escape, who refused him who spoke on earth, speaking of during the times of, uh, of Moses, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things which are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, cannot be shaken, let me read it again, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Therefore, look at verses 27 and 28. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I know that reverence and godly fear isn't something so popular, but newsflash, it's important to God. We are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably. What is, what is the service that God finds acceptable? God, reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. He will shake what needs to be shaken.
Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So that what remains is the unshakable. This is in reference to the coming of the Lord. The coming, the consummation of the age, the return of Jesus, the Messiah. But also, there are moments in time in which the Lord shakes the church. So that what is shaken can be shaken. So that what remains is unshakable. And even in your personal life, there are things in your life that you're going to be shaken in. And so the response is, don't, don't, be, don't, don't be discouraged because he's trying to remove what can be shaken so that what remains is an unshakable kingdom. So that what remains in your life is only him. Whatever that can be shaken will be shaken. So that what remains is his unshakable kingdom. You see what I'm saying? I believe that the end times church will be marked with reverence and godly fear. The fear of God. But remember what the fear of the Lord is. It is, the, it is to be struck by the awesome presence of Almighty God. It is, it is to be so captivated by His power and beauty that you are undone. and the response and the call of holiness and purity. Sometimes we are just comfortable with the sides of God that we know. The presence of God, the, the face of the Lord, the word face in, in, in the Old Testament is panim. It means the many faces, a plurality of faces. His presence is multifaceted. There's purity, there's holiness, there's peace, there's a stirring. There's all sorts of diversity in the presence of God. And that's what we need. We need to be shaken. What are the things in your life that are shakeable? This is Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 25 through 29. 
<laughs> I mean, I can't really add to it or say anything beyond this. But we need a recovery of the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. Look what it says here in Isaiah 11. The fear of the Lord is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Isaiah 11. Look what it says. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Who is he speaking of? Messiah. the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord and his delight. Whose delight? Messiah's delight. Messiah's delight is in the fear of the Lord. The delight of Messiah. See, this is the sevenfold spirit. Here are the seven spirits of God that are before the throne. They're not seven separate spirits. It's a sevenfold spirit. It's the spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. Remember what I said. The presence of God is multifaceted because the word face is the Hebrew word panim. It means faces. The presence of the face of the Lord is the presences of the Lord, if you want to say it kind of that way. It's all God. Some people pin God against God. They look at the peace and then they then they they misinterpret a stirring for not God. You can't pin his presence against his presence because his presence is multifaceted. There's a spirit of wisdom and understanding. There's a spirit of counsel and might. Might is power. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And where is the delight of Messiah? His delight is in the fear of the Lord. Jesus feared the Lord. Let me show you something. I want you to see something. Did Jesus fear the Lord? Did he have the spirit of the fear of the Lord? Was his delight in the fear of God? Yes. Hebrews chapter 5. Same book of Hebrews. Look what it says. Hebrews chapter 5. Look at this. So also Messiah did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. He's speaking of the father and the son. In verse six, it says, as he also says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, who, listen to this, in the days of his flesh, he's speaking of Messiah 
he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Do you see that? This is speaking of Messiah. Read verse 7 again. Let's read it again. Who, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Did Jesus fear the Lord? You better believe he did. Well, Jesus is God. Yes. God delights in God. God praises God. God glorifies God. Within the Godhead, they praise and glorify and give thanks to one another. The divine circulation of perichorosis. The delight of the Messiah was the fear of the Lord. He offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, his reverence. His piety, his awe. We need the recovery of the fear of the Lord in our lives. We need a recovery of holy awe. We need to be captivated by him who was and is and will be, who is to come. We need to fear the Spirit of the Lord as Jesus did in Hebrews 5.7. Teach us the fear of the Lord. See, this is a subject that is not spoken of because we don't know how to approach it. But it is necessary. You're either going to fear man or you're going to fear God. If you fear man, the fear of man will swallow the fear of God. But if you fear the Lord, the fear of man is swallowed up by the fear of the Lord.
Captivate us, Lord, in holy awe, we pray. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, Scripture says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord needs to be recovered. The fear of, of the Lord keeps you from sin. Look at what Exodus I'm not going to be here long because I believe the Lord already did what he needed to do. And I'm, I'm just not going to be here too, too long here on the stream. Look at this. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings. This is Exodus 20:18. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and they stood afar off. Why? They were trembling with a human fear. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us. We will not hear, but let not God speak to us lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear. For God has come to test you that his fear may be before you. You see, right there we see two different types of fear. Moses says, do not fear. See, do not be afraid. Do not be scared. Do not tremble with human reaction. For God has come to test you that his fear. See, there's a different kind of fear that is divine. And look what it says. For God has come to test you that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. See, the fear of the Lord guards us from sin. The reverence and the holiness of Almighty God, the awe of God, preserves us from living a life of sin. Now, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make Mistakes, and there are moments in which there are times where sin comes and we need to quickly confess and repent of it, okay? So don't misunderstand me. I'm not speaking from a legalistic spirit. There are times in which, there, there are times in which sin happens and we must repent of it quickly. But look, his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. It is to be so in awe of him that the thought of hurting him, grieving his spirit, cuts you. It is rooted in love. And look what verse 21 says. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. You see, that shows us something. Physical, human, reactionary fear causes you to stand away, tremble from afar off, and flee. But when you have holy fear and awe, 
you draw near the presence of God. Earthly fear causes you to run away from God. Holy, reverential fear and awe causes you to walk towards God. The Lord, Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. He drew near. You see? And the fear of the Lord, as he was drawing near to the thick darkness where God was, the Lord spoke to Moses. So, and he gives him, he gives them, He gives him some instructions. The Lord says to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, You have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make anything to be with me, gods of silver or gods of gold. You shall not make for yourselves an altar of the earth, which you shall make for me. And you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. And every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. Isn't this interesting? And if you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stone. For if you use your tool on it, you have profaned it. it. To profane something is to make common. Nor shall you go up the steps of to my altar that your nakedness may not be exposed on it. Isn't it interesting here? He says, you shall not make anything to be with me gods of silver or gold an altar of earth you shall make for me who else is made out of the earth man we are altars made of the earth for the lord and this shows us something quite beautifully that the fear of god the reverence the awe of god causes you to receive the words from God. Instruction. It's, Unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Before you receive counsel, you first must be in wonder of him. That's reverence. You want to grow in a greater sensitivity to Holy Spirit in your life? Reverence Him. You want to grow in greater sensitivity to God's presence and power? Reverence the Lord. I'm telling you. When you learn holy reverence and awe, when you come to God with high honor and respect, you will experience His very presence and guidance. You will see him as altogether wonderful and counselor. Amen. All right, my friends, listen. I'm going to get going. But I believe the Lord has already spoken. There was a cleansing. A work of the spirit that was done. And a prophetic word that went forth. I encourage you, watch 
the beginning where Suli, my wife, gave the word? Then share it. Share this with a friend. Share this with people. Like the stream. Subscribe if you haven't had a chance to. And consider, um, you know, visiting our website, fathersglory.org. All right, my friends, I'm going to get going. The Lord did what he needed to do today. Amen? I will not add or take away. Blessings to you in the name of Jesus, our great Messiah. Blessings to you in Jesus' name.